Okay. I am updating our title here, but um, so so. What are you guys uh, What are you guys doing for for networking in the coming uh, holiday uh, networking rush? What are the ones not to miss, Mark? Well, the WBC event is always one not to miss. Uh, at Congressional Country Club, I call it the the electrical contractors reunion because every electrical contractor in town is there, uh, and and you get to get to talk to all of them, and it's usually usually their top leaderships there as well. So that's always good. Um, and and congressional is a great venue. Um, ABC's event uh, at Manor is always a great event. Um, it's uh, rule rule number one: stay mobile at Manor. Uh, yeah, no a, kidding. Manor's got a lot of nooks and crannies. I found myself going to that event and uh, uh, getting trapped in the in the in, in a handful of great conversations, but in one room. In one corner, yeah, <laughs> and there's. there's there's about 10 different uh, rooms and venues you can be in there. Uh, um, also, also both those, the after parties are always good. Um, after parties? Mark, there's after parties, there's after of, after the parties Christmas, yeah. of the holiday parties? Yeah, there's after parties. I had no idea. So in, in the basement of each of those uh, venues, there are bars and they're member yeah. bars. And, and because it's a member... A member has to sponsor the event for the for the association to have it there. Usually, there are members that go down there, and uh, the the party will go on until the member bar closes. So, Oof. well, Debbie and gang will roll up their stuff, and and Steve Kenton and and Reed will roll up their stuff, go downstairs and uh, find a bar. <laughs> if, if you go to the after party, I'm thinking that's the point at which you'd want to make sure that you've taken an Uber. You want to take an Uber, yes. <laughs> you want to take an Uber at that yes. point. Yes, or have your sleeping bag in your car so you can sleep in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, uh, guys, we're going to go live here right. uh, in in uh, just a few seconds. If you're starting to join us, thank you. I've got uh, some some folks I can see, uh, you know, joining us on the on the LinkedIn live stream, but we'll hold off until 8 a.m. proper to uh to officially go live to allow folks um you know to get here um in that last little bit i think uh you know for those folks who uh, uh attended last week um this is what it's supposed to look like which is a live stream right on linkedin rather than having to reroute you to zoom uh and all of this will uh will naturally uh record and be available uh for those of you who weren't able to uh get here live so uh, this is uh, this is what the norm is. So, all right, good. It is eight. We're going to start right on time. Uh, good morning. Thank you for uh, joining us. To you know, on the morning huddle. My name's Chad Prinky. Uh, today, uh, our our normal partner, my normal partner, Stacy Holzinger, is out. She's got uh, a whole week of intensive leadership training that she's going through right now uh, as a part of the uh, ABC Metro Washington. Um, you know, experience. And so we, uh, we're going to miss Stacy today, but we're lucky enough to have, uh, our friend Cody Wilcox, uh, joining us. Cody is from, uh, Malik mechanical Cody. Thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here and for everybody to join us. Thanks man. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting used to, uh, daylight savings a little bit, but besides that, I can't complain. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I, I always like an excuse to get into my pajamas early, uh, so that's nice. 
Uh, and I also like that I don't feel like I wake and go to sleep in darkness only, uh, at least not until somewhere around February. It's nice to be uh, uh, greeted by the sun, at least somewhat close to my wake up time. I agree. Uh, so, uh, well, cool. Cody, uh, you're going to be playing the role of capturing our questions. Uh, so it, all attendees who are here with us live, please make sure that you're sending in your questions throughout the course of the conversation. We're not going to answer them as we go. We're going to answer them at the end. But go ahead and type them in uh, along the way. That way, uh, you know, while they're fresh in your mind, we have an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to get your best questions on the line. So, Cody, uh, I'm going to put you, uh, you know, kind of uh, move you to the side here until about 820. And we'll pull you back in. Good. OK, sounds good. Thanks. Mark Drury is today's guest. Mark, thanks so much for being here. Good morning, Chad. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and join your uh, your crew who's who signed on here and listening and watching along. Thank you so much for being here. I, you know, Mark, you, you and I uh, uh, have known one another for quite a while at this point, and um, you know, we were uh, uh, when we were kicking around, uh, you know, running this, you know, having you on the morning huddle. Uh, one of the things I'll tell the audience, um, for weeks, uh, this slot just said need to determine title <laughs> because I think the truth is Mark, you and I can talk about anything, uh, together. And, and in fact, we have, uh, and so, um, when we were preparing for today's discussion and exploring topic areas we could cover, we really try to sort of narrow things down this idea of small business and growth and getting to the next level continued to come up between us. I know it's something that we're both passionate about. So that is today's uh, title, which is Grow and Balance Your Small Business. So let's start by defining, uh, first things first, Mark, um, you know, what, tell us a little bit about your story. What's, what, give us a little on your background, like, you know, in, in, in a minute or so, I know that that's- Okay, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give a brief. Okay, so I recently, in March, I re retired from employment. Uh, and I started up an LLC because uh, I'm I, I've got several a few board positions that are in the industry in the nonprofit sector that require me to to be a business member. So uh, I started an LLC. Now for years I've mentored uh, company owners and company leaders in different companies, and uh, I'm continuing to do that. Uh, and I'm doing some consulting. So I'm talking to business owners, helping them build their business, helping them improve, helping them expand, helping them through issues, uh, lear learning the ropes, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm still doing that. 44 years in the construction industry, 18 on the general contracting side and 26 years as a mechanical subcontractor. Uh, started Shapiro and Duncan back in 1995. Uh, they're about $4 million, $4 million a year, 40 people. Uh, when I left in March, it was 140 million a year and 400 plus people. So, uh, been in the business of building and building businesses. So, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's an awesome story, yeah. And and, and along the way, and it, what you don't have time to talk about, and 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 you know, anybody who knows Mark knows this is that you know, uh, Mark's had uh, you know educational experiences uh, in in the design build world. Um, you know, it, it, more leadership um, experiences and, and leadership training experiences than one could, uh, you know, try to fit into a lifetime and all those different types of things. And it's a part of the reason, Mark, that you and I can talk about literally anything together. So if I can try uh, in our limited focus. time that we have together, right, to keep focus. us focused on, on small business, I, I, I'd like to try 
as a starting point that you know define small business. What does that what does that mean for it in, in as a contractor? What's a small business? Uh, well, I think it, I think it depends on what trade you're in and and what your market looks like, uh, whether you're a small business or not. I mean, you you could be an eight million dollar countertop company and be the largest countertop company in your region, uh, or you could be a eight million dollar mechanical contractor and be a considered a small business. So it really depends on 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 what what your trade is, what your work is. Uh, what you're doing, uh, the government defines it by by trade and GC, et cetera, and they have you know average average revenues for the last three years, and some of them are pretty big. Mechanical is 17 million for the last three years. Uh, I'm trying to think. GC I think is 33 million for the last three years, and that's you know if it's under 33 million, you're defined as a small contractor. Well, a lot of 10 million dollar contractors, a lot of 30, 25 million dollar contractors wouldn't think of themselves as small possibly. Right. Depending on the market they're in. So, I mean, small, small, you're struggling, you're growing. You're, well, I'm not going to say you're growing because I think everybody should be growing all the time, but you're, you're small and you're struggling. You don't have a, a lot of resources. You know, you may be a, a mom and pop shop. Uh, you don't understand necessary. You may not have a lot of systems and, and processes in place, uh, right. procedures in place. Um, you may not have, brought in the right softwares, et cetera, to do job cost tracking, uh, et cetera. So one of the things that I think about when I think about uh, defining a small business uh, in the construction industry is um, that, that in fact, uh, while I know the government has its definition, um, when I think about a small business, I simply think about operating in a resource constrained environment where yeah. it's not like uh, being a part of, you know, Coca-Cola um, or Toyota, uh, where if you know you can you can turn and throw massive amounts of resources at a thing and not break the bank, uh, but but where you're operating in a resource constrained environment where where you're making decisions that on a daily basis uh, either you know make or break uh, the company financially. And, and uh, you know, almost by definition, if I, if I use that as a definition, I would say the vast majority of the construction industry falls into the small business category. Yeah, um, even when you're making $600 million a year, you still, you still make decisions day by day. Correct. Yeah, because, because at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, uh, the way that the construction industry is set up is so diffuse and it's so hyper-localized. And right, you know, based on uh, uh, you know uh, yeah. exactly what's going on in a geography, that um, the majority of the building industry is small, uh, small businesses. So Absolutely. anyway, I'm hoping that the content that we talk about today isn't just relevant to that company that's six to eight million, but that is relevant to that company that's 250, 500 million. Um, uh, you know, because ultimately, operating in that kind of resource constrained environment, making decisions on a day to day basis that could make or break the business. Um, I think I think that relates. So, but yeah, but yeah. with any with I, any, I, I would, at any rate, I would say Chad that the, the discussion should pertain to any business, any business regardless of size and, and revenue that has a vision vision for the future and can take a look at where they are today and establish a baseline and then create a vision for the future and then back map down to put your roadmap together, your strategic plan to get to reach your vision. All right. So let's, so let's, let's start there. Let's, you know, one of the things that, um, 
uh, you and I have talked a good bit about is with a lot of the small businesses we we both talk to, one of the things that they um, you know mention on a somewhat regular basis as kind of like a, a you know a gut a, a gut response to um, you know their vision, they talk about doubling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doubling. Yeah. I want to double my revenue next year. Right. I want to double my revenue next year. I want to double my revenue over the next two years or what, or whatever that looks like. What do you say to folks who talk about doubling? Well, I say, uh, what do you think it takes to double your revenue? Is it just a matter of bidding more work and, and bringing more work in? Uh, what about what about your team? I mean, you got to look at your team. You got to look at your staffing. If you, if you want to double your revenue, you know, doubling your revenue when you're $500,000 a year is not that hard. You know, you might be adding one person to give you that capacity. Doubling your revenue when you're $40 million a year, you might be adding 30 or 40 people to your team to do that. Now, where do you get those people? That's the resource. People is our biggest resource. Um, You know, our people are everything in terms of building your business and executing projects. So uh, doubling, yeah. I mean, it's a nice thought, but you need to look at what's it gonna take to double and and, and what kind of team does it take? Because doubling your revenue, if you don't execute, is 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 the way to, to the back to the basement. Um, so so you got to be ready for growth, right? How do you know you're ready for growth? What what are some of the things that you would um, uh, be be really you know confident about to determine you are ready for growth? Well, I, I think you need to be attuned to the market. You need to know what the uh, available work is in the coming year, the coming two years. You need to know what your back current backlog is, and you need to know what your uh, what your pipeline is for bringing resources in. Uh, how, how am I going to bring in the resources to get this done? Is it hiring people? Is it subcontracting? Is it breaking it out? Um, so, so let's let's pause there for a second and do a little bit of a deeper dive on that topic because I think that's the one that I hear the most from uh, from contractors considering growth is the chicken or the egg question: Should we achieve growth and then hire to meet those needs, or should we hire to be prepared for growth? Well, I'm 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 a uh, big proponent of hiring to prepare for growth, and it can be it can be done uh, in a somewhat linked environment. It doesn't necessarily have to be one and then the other. It can be happening together. I mean, you can be pursuing work and have a have a good handle on it, and pursuing resources at the same time. I mean, realistic realistically, bringing on some a new hire. If you can bring on somebody in a month, that would be really quick. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to bring on people in a few days. And one of the keys to success in bringing on the right people is to get them engaged in the project from the start. Uh, and too many people make the mistake of they hire after they get the job, and that job starts moving very quickly in terms of contracts, submittals, uh, scheduling all those items are happening quickly. And then you bring on the team to get it done and they're already six weeks behind. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a good, good formula in my eyes. 
No, I, I, so <clears throat> that's an answer that's very similar to one that I give, which is, uh, don't, don't take on work and then try to figure out how to, uh, get that work done, especially when you're at that small business stage. When I, and, and it's in this one, I'll go with the government definition of small business, yeah. right? Like you're, you really are a, you know, extremely, um, limited in your, in your personnel capacity. Um, that's a, it's a surefire way to make sure that, you know, uh, either the, the next couple of years of your life are a living hell or, um, uh, you know, that, that, you know, because you keep up with the work, you know, to keep up with the work or you fail to keep up with the work and it's even worse. Right. right? So it's, it's a lose, lose. But what would you say to the companies that, that, that say that I can't afford to make the hire before I secure the work. I need the work to make the hire and that, you know, hence the chicken or the egg. What would you say to those companies? Well, I mean, if you, if you can't, if you can't afford, maybe you haven't been investing in your company like you should be. Uh, because as, as you've been going along, you need to be keep retaining your earnings. You need to be building your capital because cash is king. And you, you need to make sure that you have the resources to take your growth steps. And the resources usually are capital. You need to have that capital to invest back in your company and bringing on the right people, bringing on the right software, bringing on the right process, bringing on the tools. That's all investing in your company. You know, too many people make the mistake of, of they get some money in the bank. They did a couple of jobs. They've been in business for three or four years. And, you know, I got a little break in the action. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this $40,000 vacation uh, for three weeks to, uh, Costa Rica or where, wherever, you know, I'm going to charter fishing boats. I'm going to do all this stuff because I got all this money in the bank. Well, that money in the bank should be company money and it should be looked at, you know, too, too many owners look at it as that's my money instead of thinking I need to keep investing in the company. That's a, a fan. I mean, I, I love that point. And I, I've, I found myself, uh, I, I wish I could attribute this quote, honestly, I, I, I can't, but I've used it multiple times. Uh, you know, which is if your business isn't where you want it to be and your income is where you want it to be, uh-huh. you're as an owner, you're out of balance, right? If you're, you're out taking of balance. More, if, if you're paying yourself like, you know, I'm where I want to be, but your business isn't where you see it going, you're ultimately not going to be able to get the business to where you see it going. So I think, I think what you're saying is um, have the discipline to keep the money in the business, to reinvest in the business, which enables you to make those types of investments. And if you're finding that you're not able to make those types of investments, the, the first place to look is probably, you know, what, what are you taking out of the business? What are you taking out of the business? Yeah. And, and, and what are you doing with it? Are you, are you taking money out of the business and, and putting it in a, in, a, in a stock portfolio? And I say to that owner, I said, I said, so you're not willing to invest in yourself? You're not going to invest in yourself. You're going to invest in companies you have no control over, whereas right. your company you control and you don't have the confidence to pour the money into that. That's, Man, that's, that's a really, really good point. We all get you know, so in our mind, like uh, you, know, you got to be reinvesting, you got to be investing for retirement. It's really good advice. But if yeah. you're in a business owner mode and you're and you're prioritizing putting money in your 401k and and in you know, 501 plans for your kids and, and all that type of stuff while you don't reinvest in your business, you, I mean, that could be a miss. Yes. A huge miss. A huge Interesting. Miss. Um, is there one thing that every small business owner, uh, or every small business should be doing 
if they haven't been doing it already. If you, when you really think about like the, if, if I could give one piece of advice uh, to, to small business, what would it be? Uh, I, would, I would say have a vision for the future. Um, be a leader. Look, look, beyond your, you look beyond your fence lines. You know, look beyond the pasture that you're, that you're feeding your cattle in right now. Uh, try and look towards the future. And that's, that's how you grow. That's how you plan. Be in touch with, with your industry. Uh, and always be in a learning mode. There's a lot to learn out there every day. I mean, I learn every day. I've been doing this forever, but every, every day I'm, I, you know, I'm engaged in research and looking at things and reading articles and finding out what's new in the industry. Uh, you gotta be on top of it. Things are moving fast. Uh, you need to have a, you have your finger on the pulse of where markets are going. You know, if you're in the high rise, rise residential market, you know, is, is it getting saturated? What's the competition like? What's your margin like? Uh, you know, if you're doing healthcare, all those things, um, and diversify your portfolio. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways we can apply what we do in a lot of different markets that each are affected differently by the economy and the ups and downs uh, of the world. So, um, you know, diversify. Uh, it's, it's great that you love doing restaurants, but, you know, if you were doing restaurants 20 months ago uh, and that was that was your bread and butter and all you were doing, uh, I'll bet you've had a rough 20 months. Um, right. If you were just doing hospitality, uh, if you were doing, uh, yeah, you know, just look, look at things like the pandemic that hit. And it's not the first time we had the, the residential boom in, in 2008 <clears throat> when that crashed which didn't hit the commercial market till about 2010, 2011, but you know, it, it really had an effect on, on the industry and having a, a diverse portfolio of work and being able to go to different markets um, makes a big difference. So, so if I, if I could kind of, um, I don't know, uh, summarize what you just said to my ear, I'm, I'm hearing you say, uh, step back. Mm -hmm. Take the time to like, don't just let your business happen to you. Yes. Um, but, but, but evaluate your environment, decide where you want to go and, and, you know, um, set a course and be intentional and make sure that that course includes uh, good diversification. Right. Make sure that that course includes uh, plugging into your community and and right in, in, into the into the building industry community around you. Yes. Um, uh, things along those lines. I think that um, guys, I think that's incredible advice uh, for yeah. and, and, anybody who's watching it. That that's um, spot on. Good. Build relationships. Build relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt. Um, all right, we're we're at that uh, sort of ten minute remaining mark, um, and uh, I wanna I wanna open up the floor to to the audience. Um, make sure that we get an opportunity to hear some questions. So I'm gonna pop our good friend Cody back up. Cody, um, what do we have uh, from the uh, from the audience today? 
Yeah, we, we've got a, a few questions here. Um, I'll start with the one that will build off the conversation that we just um, ended there with. But, you know, when you when you talk about working in the business and on the business, Mark, um, and you look towards the future, how far ahead should you be looking as far as a timeline specifically? And when you have things that come up unexpectedly like the pandemic, uh, how are you able to quickly pivot and change as well? <clears throat> Well, so how far should you look ahead? Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I think five years is a good out, outside vision. I think looking at five years and then what you want to do is you want to back map that back to three and one. So, you know, if you look at five years, I want to be here in five years, then back map it to, you know, if, if, if I can get there in five years at three, I should look like this at one, I should look like this. Okay. And then you got to go back and you got to do your market research to see where the markets are and what the prognosticators are saying, what the economists are saying, where things are going. You got to look at your relationships. You got to talk to your, your, your contacts in the industry about what they're looking at. Um, one thing I did is, 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 uh, I established some relationships with some of the utility folks early on engineers at Washington gas, at Pepco, etc., because I had I had a mentor that told me that those are the folks that developers go to first when people have an idea and there's a cocktail napkin discussion about a development. They need to go and see if the infrastructure is there, so they contact the big utilities to see if the infrastructure is available for the dream that they have, and that's when that's when it becomes a lead uh, and then you start tracking it. So, you know, look, looking further out, that's how you look further out is, is look for stuff that's way down the pipeline. So, yeah, so what I'm, what I'm hearing there is um, long range vision mm-hmm. uh, and then mid and short term milestones. Yeah. That, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a long-term vision and then you have to map it. You have to back map it and you have to, you have to set up the milestones and then you have to, fill in with all the tasks. It's like doing a CPM schedule. You, you know, you know, you're going to start the job and you got to finish it and you know each of the stages that you got to get through. Uh, you know, you got to top out the building. You got to bam, 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 rough in the mechanical, <clears throat> all those things. It's the Mark, same. It's such a funny, I mean, like uh, how many times have you and I said that, you know, it's like you would never start a construction project without a plan, right. uh, you know, to know exactly how long, when, by when mm-hmm. everything's got to happen. Why are you running your business that way, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Exactly. Um, uh, wonderful. All right, Cody, what else we got? Uh, and I've got another question here. Um, I'm sorry, I'm unable to see the name, but it says, Mark, statistics show that over 40% of all businesses in the construction industry fail annually. What do you consider to be the top three reasons for these failures? Wow, the top three. Uh, the number one reason for failing in small businesses is billing. Uh, they fail, fail to bill uh, small businesses, startups, uh, your, your wonderful craftsman that decides they want to be their own business person. Um, they fail to bill. They fail to invoice for their work. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I got called by a subcontractor saying, why haven't you paid me? I said, did you send me an invoice? They said, why would I send you an invoice? You gave me a contract. I said, did you read your contract? No. I said, your contract says how you bill me. You have to bill me. You have to give me an invoice so I can pay you. Well, that, that seems like extra work. Uh, you know, why do I got to do that? You gave me a contract. Just pay me. Well, 
that that happens to a lot of people. They don't they don't build. And the other thing is is not knowing not knowing where your costs are. You have to know what stuff costs in order to put together an estimate. You can't you can't just throw numbers at things. Uh, you have to have some realistic view of what it's going to take to get the job done and what it's going to cost to get the job done and understand where you need to be in terms of covering your overhead. You got insurance, you got all these other things you got to cover and you know what your profit margin should be. Um, so not knowing your cost is another big failure. Uh, what did I say? Billing cost. Um, the other thing is uh, overextending yourself, uh, taking on projects you don't have the resources to handle. Um, you know, that that's a, a quick road to failure. Um, you know, the, the, the number the number one business startup failures is restaurants. They have the highest highest failure rate. Contractors is number two. And number three is accounting firms that handle contractors and restaurants. Um, <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, so real quick, uh, I, you know, on this on this point, this is one. I think those are three really fantastic um, answers. And I think uh, the the um, only concern that I have is that sometimes when you think about, particularly that third point, overextending oneself, and and right, that it might create as valid as it is, it might create some fear of growth. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I see a lot of contractors that are afraid of growth. That they that they 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 almost you know uh, you know they, they internally they they say a lot of things like you know we're right where we want to be, we just want to stay right here, and and and, and you know th those different types of things. And I. Um, I think that uh, while we certainly read about and hear about the companies that overextended themselves and had a big explosion, <laughs> right, and, and that's how they went out of business. What I don't think we hear about are the the uh, the the you know multitude of contractors that spend um, you know decades uh, providing you know meh jobs to um, eh people uh, and uh, you know. Uh, profit for an owner, right? That at the <laughs> that at the end of a, a thirty year run, they look at it and they're like, "Man, I should have worked at a grocery store," you know, exactly. and um, and not to knock the grocery industry, but no. you, you know what I'm saying? It's just a it's it's you know where these so, so I think there's there's a in, the, there's another risk that is extremely important to note th that is actually not going out of business but sucking over the long haul. Yes, yes, and not not having. Not having a uh, continual improvement mindset, not having a always moving forward mindset. Uh, you know, I like to say, once you stop growing, you start going backwards. Um, you know, in, in in Montgomery County, we had the the county council and everybody going for zero growth in Montgomery County. Uh, there was a whole bunch of no growth people that were looking for zero growth in the county. And then the recession hit in 2008. And I said to the county council, I said, how's How's this zero growth thing working for you? Pretty right. good, huh? I call it recession. One I mean, I, I, spot on. And I, it, so, so what, how would you respond to this thought that um, it, companies should uh, shift their focus, perhaps, uh, from focusing on revenue growth to just focusing on becoming a better company every day and allowing the revenue growth to kind of follow that? What would you think of that? 
Well, I, I uh, you know, I've, I've been in the business development side of the business for a long time. And people always said, well, you're a sales guy. I said, no, I'm not a sales guy. I'm working on developing the business. And that's that's what you really need to do is you need to make your business the best it can be. And uh, the sales take care of themselves. You know, if, if, if you're if your folks perform and execute, uh, if your team is professional, if you are always moving forward and taking on challenges, if you're on the front edge of 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 technology and you're adopting things and you're you're always aggressive and moving forward, uh, people see that people realize that and the opportunities come your way. Um, and that's business development. Build your business. Build your business first. I, I think that's such a. Uh different way of thinking about business development compared to the norm. I, I find it to be uh, a much more rewarding look at, uh, at, at that, at that term. So thank you for sharing that. I think we have time for one more question, Cody. Can we fit that in? Yeah, of course. Um, so you talk about growth, Mark, and I want to know um, based on the question that we have here is when you're hiring for growth for your small business, what, sort of characteristics should you seek and search when hiring because you also mentioned you know your people are your resources and they mean a well, lot to you. i mean and for me that's easy because i i i, I have my uh my rule of of hiring you know first first you go with the three a's you want the right attitude you want ambition and you want aptitude uh i can train the rest you know if you if you come to the table with those three things, that's great. Uh, a passion for the industry, that's another thing. I mean, a lot of people miss out on on uh, young people that are trying to get into this business that went through two or three years of high school training and HVAC, carpentry, masonry, whatever, and they get out and they want they want to go to work, and the contractor says, "Well, I need somebody with five years' experience." Well, if you need somebody who's with five, with five years of experience, you should have started five years ago with a high school kid, right? That came out of a masonry program or came out of an electrical program. Uh, and then you would have that five-year experience person. Um, oh, so, man, Mark, I can feel another episode or six coming out of that. The, work, the pipe, work the pipeline. Work the pipeline and look for the three A's. Uh, yeah. Attitude, ambition, and aptitude. That's, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, uh, uh, here at the uh, uh, morning huddle, we try to finish on time, just like any good contractor. Right. So, so, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring our conversation to a close as much as I would uh, really like to just continue, um, chatting with you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Chad, for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was, it was, it was awesome. So, uh, Thank real you. quick Thank you for tuning in. next week, uh, we have, uh, Justin Panzer coming to talk about, um, uh, technology in the field. Uh, come and, and check that one out. It's going to be uh, in particular focused on, um, you know, risk mitigation, cost savings, uh, and, and just kind of the, the simple stuff that uh, organizations um, should be thinking about when it comes to, uh, you know, putting the right tools in the hands, the right technology in the hands of, of their folks in the field. Um, and uh, uh, what else? That's every Tuesday, uh, 8 a.m., uh, be here. Uh, we don't have a recurring invite, so I'll say the same thing that I, I said last week, which is if this is something that you want to make a part of your weekly routine, uh, shoot us an email. Or I'm sorry, sh shoot us a private message. Shoot me a private message with your email address. 
and I will add you to a mailing list so that you get uh, a weekly um, you know, uh, email reminder uh, to, to join. You'll also get a, a link to the recording of, of that week's uh, session, or I'm sorry, show, so that you can um, you know, uh, refer back to it if you missed anything or, or what have you. So, uh, Mark, any final words for our audience before we sign off today? Well, I would say continual improvement. Always, always look to grow. Don't be afraid of trying something new. Change is painful, but it's very rewarding. Thank you, Mark. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Cody, thanks so much for stepping in for Stacy this week. You did an awesome job. Uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing everyone next week. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Bye-bye.